We hold these truths to be self-evident. For enemies dare to strike us, they and all who have aided them will face fearful consequences. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. The eyes of the world are upon you. You will bring about the destruction of the German war machine. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome over here. Hey, how are you guys doing? I hope you guys had a fantastic weekend. Um, we're, we're just kind of hanging out. There's a lot of stuff that happened on YouTube over the weekend. I don't know if you guys do realize this or not. I had a long conversation with Flair and a few other guys. YouTube is doing YouTube things, which I'm sure some of you guys do know about. I'm going to be making quite a few changes to the channel as, as here very soon. Still the daily uploads over there on Spotify and Apple, which a lot of you guys do listen. So hello, welcome. How are you guys doing? Hope you guys are having a great drive because most of you guys are probably driving currently right now. So yes, the weekend roundup. If you guys did not know, they came out and said that the drone strike, you guys remember that drone strike that that they, they stated killed a bunch of ISIS members after the Afghanistan attack that happened. The one that killed 13 US service members and 169 other civilians. You guys remember that one? Yes, they came out and they said that that one was actually botched and did not kill a single ISIS member. When in fact, it had actually killed an innocent aid worker and nine members of his family, which included seven children. Yes, that is right. When the news originally came out, I was super excited. I remember I was talking about it on here. Good job, Biden. You did something good. Well, it comes out that he did not kill any ISIS members whatsoever. So we've actually not avenged any of the 13 U.S. members that have died or any of the 169 other civilians that were killed inside of that. We just killed an innocent aid worker who had apparently worked for us for, I think it was 14 years. Yes, he worked for a U.S.-based charity for the last 14 years. And he was killed because he was filling his containers with water, which looked like the same ones which were seen in the photos. So I'm going to tell you guys right now, they're probably the yellow containers. They have a lot of yellow containers they use over there for either fuel or water. They use the same containers and they fill them with HME, homemade explosives. They're just little yellow containers that you literally use them for everything over there. Everything you can possibly imagine. They have yellow ones, blue ones. Mainly they use the yellow ones. The big thing here is this was Biden's over the horizon uh, plan. This was his, his ability to attack terrorism from not being within Afghanistan from like outside of like with by drones that doesn't seem to be the panning out too well out the gate so pretty much the over horizon campaign is not going to work it's not going to work for the exact same reason why i've been stating for the last couple weeks and almost damn near a month it seems like if we're not in bagram if we don't have boots on the ground in afghanistan you're not going to be able to effectively kill and or smother terrorism within that country so it's not going to work and it's clearly showing as of right now it is not working they're killing innocent civilians it's not an opinion it literally came out from the head of us Centcom. so Way to go, Biden. In the Biden administration, you are not only failing killing terrorists, you are failing at many other things as of right now, which kind of sucks. So I'd like, like to say something good. Well, we're just going to be honest out the gates on what is going on. Also, Beto. <laughs> Beto. Beto, our favorite one. Everybody knows him. His name is actually Robert O'Rourke. I don't know if a lot of people know how he got his name Beto. So his real name is not actually Beto O'Rourke. They use his name Beto to gain votes within the Hispanic community when he was running here in, in Texas, because not a lot of them even knew that his name wasn't Beto. His name is Robert O'Rourke, for God's sakes. About as wide as you get. Anyways, I, after doing a little bit of research, it came from his family. I don't know. They call him Beto O'Rourke. I guess it's his nickname. Anyway, it doesn't really matter about Beto's name. It's a shortened version of, of that. It was put out there by Ted Cruz when he was growing in that he did it just to gain Hispanic vote, which is, it's whatever, it's politics. But anyway, he's actually, he plans to run. If you guys did not know this, 
our good friend here in Texas, Better Work Plans to challenge Greg Abbott for Texas governor. I do not think that's going to happen, but this this article goes on to state that he is expected to formally announce his 2022 bid as uh, for Texas later this year. Okay, do I think that's going to happen? Yeah, sure it'll happen. Do I think it's going to it's going to fly? Eh, probably not. So this gentleman right here, Gilberto Hinojosa, he's the state chair of the Democratic Party here in Texas. He says that Abbott's pro- prohibition against mask and vaccine mandates have not gone over well with Texans. And with the abortion law, Republicans have raised the anger level of Texas women higher than anyone has ever seen before. So I don't know if that's actually true. Uh, I think one of Beto's biggest problems here in Texas is going to be. I'm, I'm pointing to play the clip. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47. We're not going to allow it to be used against our fellow Americans anymore. That's going to be Beto's biggest problem here in Texas. It's it's going to be the fact that he wants to take everybody's guns that everybody knows here in Texas. It's not going to happen. That's like the last thing that's ever going to happen. So Beto, with that clip always being out there and him always being against it, the only cities that he's ever going to win is going to be probably Dallas, Austin, Houston. That is it. He might win some of those border towns because of the name Beto. But after what's been going on at the border, I don't really know if that's going to be a thing. There you go. Beto plans to run against Texas governor, which... I can't wait to cover that. It's going to be enjoyable. Also, over the weekend, Biden admin is to, he's going to fully release family units from Del Rio in the, the crisis that's going on down there. He reportedly is going to process and release families into the U.S. that allegedly illegally entered the country in Del Rio, where a full-blown crisis has been brewing for several days. As you guys do know, there is actually now sitting just over 14,000 people underneath that bridge. It started at 700 Last reported on Friday when we were here, it was 10,500. Now it's over 14,000. If you guys have not seen the images, it is absolutely insane. And when I mean insane, I'm talking about literally stack 14,000 people underneath a, a bridge. And today, uh, when I'm filming this, is going to be one of the hottest days of the month. It's going to be like 105 here in Dallas. So down there, I don't even know, maybe 110-ish. It's going to be hot. Who is giving all these people food and water? Yes, that is Right. We are, because we're such nice people here in the United States. We're giving them food and water as they sit underneath a bridge waiting to come into the United States. On a good note, he's having to send a whole bunch of them back to their country. He told me that single adult men will be expelled via Title 42, but mostly family units will be processed and released into the U.S. So, families, if you're coming in, you can come in. For the migrants who are being expelled, reparation flights have been already, they've already started. The mayor of Del Rio says he knows of several flights that have flown out of San Antonio already. So if you guys have a family, you're good to go. You're staying. If you're a single man, you are screwed, blued, and tattooed. You are getting sent back. You are going home. CNN has also reported earlier this year that the U.S. was on track to make contact with record 2 million illegal aliens on the southern border, a number greater than the populations of Alaska, Wyoming, and Vermont combined. Now, if you do not see the problem, there you go. 2 million new people coming in illegally that are greater than three states combined. So if you let that sink in, three United, like three actual states with real citizens in it that are paying taxes, that's a big deal. Now do you understand the reason behind controlling the border and everybody that comes in through the border? It's not just like security reasons. It's also going to hurt your future, your kid's future in having jobs and wages and everything like that. So there you go. There's something that a lot of people don't even know. I had to find that piece right there, which was like three quarters of the way down the page that there was 2 million of them. I mean, it's kind of crazy that CNN actually reported that as well. Cause if you go on their site, they don't even have an article up right now about the thing that's going on at the border. The only thing they're talking about currently is uh COVID and the cases rising in children. That's pretty much 
pretty much it. And then I guess there was a, a shooting going on in Russia that I, I found out about over there that had eight people have been killed. That's pretty much what they're talking about over there. So there you go. So also on Friday, we talked about the fact that they were trying to put the immigration bill or the, the laws into the new bill that is coming out that, that was actually blocked uh, from including it into the actual spending bill at three and a half trillion dollar one that's coming out. They was blocked. So they're not going to be able to put it in there, which is kind of a good thing if you believe in, in the laws of the United States. Uh, they hit a roadblock on Sunday in their effort and they slip of an overhaul of the country's immigration laws into the spending bill that, that can pass without Republican support. So that is good. That's a good thing for every American. And I'm not saying for the left or the right. That's good for all of American, all of Americans in, in, in total. So the reason why this is such a big deal, if you guys do not realize this, is there's 8 million undocumented people within the United States that we're going to fall into this bill, which means that we're going to take 8 million jobs from hardworking Americans. goes on to state this, Democrats have hoped to include legislation that would grant a path to citizenship for an estimated 8 million undocumented people in the sweeping tax and spending bill, but their effort to circumvent the filibuster hit a roadblock. So that's good. Like I said, that's a really good thing. If you guys don't realize how good that is, just imagine 8 million jobs going out the window instantly. So with that being said, Biden's approval rating has also sank again to now its lowest level ever in his presidency. So pretty much it started as a, a high and it's done nothing but just tumble, 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 tumble. Pretty bad. So did you know that only 44% of Americans approve of Biden's performance as presidents? And that is actually a a poll that was taken by IPOS. There we go. It's the lowest approval rating in his presidency and a six-point drop from polling in early August. So you're saying six points since August. So one month, that's an additional six points dumped. This was especially true for the pandemic, which 38% said they wanted Biden to prioritize, where approval fell six points to 48% compared to early August. Fewer than half of Americans approve of Biden's approval of handling key issues, including the environment, which you have 49 percent, racial inequality, which is 45 percent, and employment jobs at 45, immigration sitting at 38 percent. These are approval ratings under those categories. And Biden's effort to unify the country has also taken a hit, falling to 40 percent. So there you go. Pretty much you just have 60% of America turning and looking and be like, you know what? This guy may not be unifying us ton. This is more or less a big deal when it comes to the 2022 election and how much he's actually going to be able to benefit their party in those those key, I'm going to say key states, but key cities. It's re- that's really when it's going to matter. So not really the ones that we already know that they're going to win, i.e. the ones that are always blue and they're like stay blue. So those aren't the ones that are going to be affected that much by this. So if you guys do not know, we're going to talk a little bit about Afghanistan like we normally do just for a tad bit. There's not a ton going on over there right now because they're trying to keep quiet. But if you guys didn't know, the mastermind behind Bin Laden's escape is back and now he has his own Taliban army. Yes, that is right. The guy who was ahead of getting rid of Bin Laden and have managing to escape, he is now back. If you guys did not know this, his name is really weird, but it's uh, about the same as them all. Unwar ul Ahaka Bujid. I mean, I, I'm sorry, I'm going to butcher it. It's just the way it is. It just looks like they took a keyboard and smashed it on the ground. I, I'm sorry. I really don't know. He, but anyway, he's a leader of Osama Bin Laden's former black guard who helped and planned orchestrate his escape from intense U.S. bombing at Tora Bora in 2001. If you guys did not know that, that really did happen. Bombed and he escaped. And whose underlyings were sent to prison in Guantanamo Bay is back in charge of the Taliban fight across eastern Afghanistan. Okay, so pretty much you have everybody that was in charge of Al-Qaeda, the Akani Network, and who let and facilitated the uh, escape of one of the most notorious and brutal people on planet Earth is now back inside of, to me, this would be the equivalent of literally watching the people that helped build Nazi Germany. And we took it down 
and we watched them come back and then re retake back over Nazi Germany, and you just watch and just be like, yeah, just just let them be. This is like literally the equivalent of what's going on in Afghanistan right now. Other than the fact that they're not going around and exterminating people inside of concentration camps and such like that, but with the mindset of these people, if they could get control of America, they would do it to us. So it's kind of like one of those things. These people that are inside of Afghanistan, the Taliban, the Al-Qaeda, the Al-Qaeda, every single one of them is the equivalent to Hitler and the Nazis. Like when it comes to their mentality about humans other than themselves. Apparently he has returned with hundreds of vehicles and thousands of supporters to his family seat of power in heroic welcome in Jalalabad. So he is now, he's now getting his heroic welcomes uh, as he returns with hundreds of vehicles. And I would assume he came from Pakistan. Everyone who worked closely with Al-Qaeda in 2001 is back in his entourage. Great. That's awesome. Which arrived by air from Doha to help establish a new government in Kabul and then traveled overland this back week from Kabul to Jalalabad. He is now in charge of both Taliban and foreign fighters in eastern Afghanistan, including a Chechnyan contingent. So, like I said, to me, this is the equivalent of watching the Nazis take back over Germany and us just sitting back. You know what? Just let them be. They're not going to hurt anybody. They're just going to keep doing their thing. So I read this entire thing. It's a really long article. It talks a lot about the history of Osama bin Laden himself, where he went and what he did, why they love him in certain part of Pakistan. There's like a Pakistani, if you guys don't know, there's Pakistani Taliban, there's Afghanistan Taliban. There's a whole bunch of different little pieces of terrorism inside that area. They may not like each other as much, but they all have somewhat the same cause or they're fighting for the same cause. It's, it's something that we're never going to be able to smother ever. I mean, when it comes to the, the way that they think, we can't smother the way that we think or they think, but we can smother them as a as a group. You're never going to be able to get rid of terrorism in the way they think. But you can can get rid of quite a few of them if you don't drone civilians and claim you killed ISIS. So speaking of ISIS and the Taliban, here this was actually just within a few hours ago. I guess it's kind of a good thing to report on. The group ISIS has claimed responsibility for a series of deadly bombings targeting Taliban vehicles in eastern Afghanistan. So what I've told you guys a few times is ISIS is crazy. Okay, so they're both crazy. They're both wild. They're both idiotic and just more. They're, they're just nuts. Taliban, Haqqani, and all them. They're all nuts. Okay. But the thing is, is, is when it comes to ISIS and Taliban, Taliban is much more moderate and much more, they think much differently. So you're going to have a little bit of a civil war, I guess you would call it, within inside of that, that country on who's going to be taking power because Islamic State does not like Taliban. Taliban is just going to get pissed and they're just going to start, I don't know, fighting each other. But at least eight people, including several Taliban fighters, were killed in the attacks on Sunday and Saturday in the provisional city of Jalalabad. And that's an IS stronghold. So if you guys did not know this, it's not just going to be the Taliban and the ISIS that's going to be affected. It's going to be the kids and all the civilians there as well. They're, going to, they're all going to be hurt pretty bad about this. It's just, it's just going to continue. So there you go. ISIS claimed an attack on the Taliban, which is, I think it's good reporting. Let them go at each other. So the other thing that's going on over there in Afghanistan, you guys remember I talk about females and they're always so worried in Afghanistan that they're not going to get the same rights as men. And Taliban's like, no, 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 we're more moderate. We love them. We love them. No, we all knew it was going to happen. The mayor of Afghanistan's capital says many female city employees have been ordered to stay home by the country's new Taliban rulers. And then it goes on the state this past Sunday, which was just yesterday, that only women who could not be replaced by men have permitted to work in, in their area. So you're saying that if they cannot replace the women by men, they're, they're allowed to go to work. And he also goes on to say, this includes skilled workers in the design and engineering departments, as well as female attendants of public toilets for women. So if you're an attendant in Afghanistan of a public toilet and you're a woman, you're allowed to go work because you can attend the public toilets. 
So there you go. That's that's how they think of women over there in Afghanistan. And thank God that we're over there helping them right now, because if not, they wouldn't be able to attend the toilets. All right, let's jump back over to America. Let's go to number four on the list. So if you guys did not know, there was a big rally that was supposed to be planned at, at the Capitol, and they were expecting riots and, and so on and so forth. They had erected this giant wall around the Capitol. They were like, yes, we're going to stop the January 6th insurrection from happening again. You know, we're going to erect this giant wall, which is so ironic to me because they can erect a wall. Man, that word erection is just crazy. They can, they can put up a wall around the Capitol faster than, I mean, We've been trying to put a wall at the border for how long now and why they stopped building it? And yet we can put one around the Capitol like instantly. Anyway, if you guys didn't know, they they had a permit for 700 to attend, but only about 100 to 200 actual people in the rally attended. One side of the alley was screaming that there was going to be another January 6th insurrection. They should have National Guard there and police on horseback. And they they did. They had these people in all this riot gear. Then 100 people show up. And they come to find out about 400 of them... um, Outside of the 100, there was about 500 total, five, 600. Four to 500 of them were actually journalists. There you go. You had a major journalist presentation at a rally that ended up not being as, as eventful as they were planning. And they were pushing for the last two weeks. So if you guys don't see that, you can see that one through. I don't know what else to tell you. So we're going to bounce on over here. If you guys do not know, cops are actually to blame for a lot of things that are going on in America. And one of them has to be gun violence, apparently. Major gun violence is to blame on cops. So the big thing here is uh, cops are to blame for a crime wave, apparently. This is actually a pretty pretty decent little article. I got some facts to show with you guys as well. It says, what's driving violent crime? As evidence mounts that the current surge began after the last summer's protest, many on the right have linked the two. Those on the left have a counter. High-profile police violence, such as the killings of George Floyd or Breonna Taylor, set off both protests and crime waves. So I read that, and I was like, okay, let's, let's see what they got going on here. I got to know. I want to know. Are cops the cause of crime? Which is kind of... Seems ass backwards, but we'll see. So there's a law professor. His name is John Paff. Faff. He has argued that violent crimes is a product of anger at police forces that kill far too many black men, as well as the remarkably violent, righteous way the police responded to last summer's protests. Uh, after I read that, I wanted to find the stats. So I went and I found the stats for everybody. Yes, that is right. I found the stats. He says that police brutality and police killings of unarmed black men or black men in general were the reason for this. Okay, so... I went to, this is literally on Statista. It's just a site that, that has all the stats of shootings and a lot of things, actually. Number of people shot to death by police in the United States from 2017 to 2021 by race. So we actually have it here. Here is the actual rates from 2017 to 2021 by race. The number one most shot to death by police in the United States is white people. And it has been since 2017. So I'm going to have this graphic up on YouTube if you guys have not seen it. It's actually up there. And it goes white, then black, then Hispanic, then other and then unknown, which I don't know what other and unknown would be. I don't really know exactly what that what that means, but we'll just have to let our imagination kind of run wild on what unknown is. There you go. There's the actual truth on it. That's not anything that you can't find yourself, but there's the stats on it. So after he goes on to say this, I was like, okay, so he's saying that it has to do with that. So then I started to read more into this article. It goes on to state that one is that criminal offending is a highly con- concentrated phenomenon. 10% of the most criminally active people account for two-thirds of the crime. Okay, well, do, I'm going to repeat that. 10% of the most criminally active people account for two-thirds of crime, suggesting that an increase in crime is usually driven by prior offenders. So is it cops or is it prior offenders? 
So even last summer, 86% of all Americans 80 and 81% of black Americans said that they would want police to spend the same amount of time or more in their neighborhood, suggesting that even when the cops are an objective uh, of political outrage, people still want to engage in them personally. I go on to read this, and this is actually pretty good. I think it's a pretty good article to show that not only is 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 what the media drives about police in general and in, in how they're killing of black people and or how brutally they are and systemic racism and all that kind of stuff. When in fact, when you when you actually ask actual Americans, they come back with numbers like 86% of all Americans are for cops and 81% of black Americans, which is kind of, to me, is somewhat ironic because the entire agenda of BLM and everything else is to defund police in which we know that defunding the police doesn't work at all, which that's their entire agenda behind this and thing. And it clearly is not, is not working as, as well as you would, you would think because they would still be talking about it, but it's not an election year. Keep going on with about that. It's not an election year, but 2022 is an election year and that's going to come back up. Uh, probably, I don't know when it's going to come back or maybe later this year. Who knows? So in 2018, just one in four Americans over 16 reported any contact with the police of those just 2% experience any force and 99% of arrests involved no force. So among those that just did 98% resulted in no injury or mild injury. So police shootings of black people in particular actually got rarer between 2015 and 2019. So there you go. These are all real numbers. I don't even think this is on a, a news site or a political site. It's not. It's just on the National Review. So it's literally just an article stating facts. So there you go. There's your, there's your, your factual stuff. That talks about our cops to blame for the crime wave, which we clearly are learning that, no, they're not shooting innocent black people more than they're shooting white people. They're actually shooting white people more than they're shooting blacks. So there you go. But with that being said, the spike in gun violence continues with 2021 being on pace to be the worst in decades. So this is actually on CNN. Like I told you guys earlier, the only thing they really talk about is gun violence and COVID. That's kind of like their, their, their big talking pieces at all time, which there is some stuff about COVID we're going to talk about here in a second which is kind of interesting. I kind of ran flu numbers compared to COVID numbers. And it's not too far difference. We'll, we'll see here in a second. So it goes on to state that so far in 2021 is on pace to be the worst year for gun violence in decades, surpassing even the highest levels last year. So last year, I don't think that the gun violence was nearly as bad due to COVID, but a spike in, in, in summer crime rates apparently is really bad right now. January 1st to September 15th, a total of 14,516 people died from gun violence in the United States. That's 1,300 more than during the same period in 2020. A 9% increase in mass shootings are also on the rise. So mass shootings. I wanted to know what, what their definition of mass shootings was. Define a mass shooting. I, I really wanted to know. So this is how they define them. CNN and GVA. Shooting as an incident with four or more people killed or wounded by gunfire, excluding the shooter. So they go on to state that through September 15th, there has been 498 mass shootings across the U.S. on average, about 1.92 a day. That's 15% higher than last year when there was only 611 at 1.67 a day. It's leading up to this. This is the, on one of their agendas on CNN is always pushing for gun control, gun violence and stuff like that. It, it's so it's so apparent when you look at the website and states COVID, 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 gun violence, gun violence, gun lines, gun, gun, gun. And that's all they talk about. But you go over to the Fox and it's completely different. It's a completely different scenario. They're talking more about Biden's mishap in Afghanistan and tax rates and, and stuff like that. So this goes on to state that gun, gun and ammo sales. Last year, Americans bought a record number of 23 million firearms. That's pretty impressive. Good job. Up 65% from 2019. I do know that because I couldn't get a hold of very much stuff myself and ammo was even much, much more difficult to get. The National Shooting Sports Foundation estimates that among those purchases, guns in 2020, 8.4 million were uh, new gun owners. So there you go. Welcome to the crowd. Welcome. 
I hope you enjoyed it. Does it make you feel good? Probably does. Makes me feel good. 8.4 million new gun owners. That's a lot. In August, the year-over-year sale of firearms was down 25% compared to the previous year. However, the number of sales still outpacing those of any year except for 2020. Yes, I can only imagine why, why 2020 was the biggest year of gun sales. I mean, what happened in America? They pretty much screamed defund the police. What are average Americans going to go do? They're going to go buy guns to keep themselves safe. Because if they're defunding the police, who's going to, who's going to take care of the family? Who's going to, who are they going to call if they have 911? No one. They'll take care of themselves. So that's not really a, a big deal. And then it goes on the state, some more stuff. They're, they're, they're pretty much soft on Biden, but they're pretty, in this article, they're really kind of angry at him because he's not really getting anything pushed through any sort of government like at all. Like he can't get anything approved for any type of gun bans or anything like that. The only thing he has is they're talking about ghost guns, which, I mean, I would, that's fine. Uh, but they're also talking about like um, pistol braces. So pistol braces, it's never going to go away. They, it's just, it's, it's just kind of funny to see through it. This is one of the talking points during Biden's election that he's going to get rid of guns. Then he gets elected, no talker guns anymore. Not one bit. It's all done. Done with the guns. We don't even want to talk about it because he didn't want to touch that subject. Now he doesn't want to touch the immigration subject when the only thing they talked about was a border. Now he's having a huge thing down there. So I don't really see Biden's approval rating really skyrocketing anytime soon. I think he's going to become more moderate and just kind of ride it out and try to get some of these spending bills and tax hikes coming back in. So there you go. Cops are to blame for everything that's going on in America. Okay. Our daily COVID talk. Everybody loves a little bit of COVID talk. This one's, this one's a little different because Pfizer now says that COVID vaccine works for kids ages five to 11. That's good. I was glad I, I was reading. I was like, Oh man, that's great. Then I got to thinking, how many of these kids actually need it? I was like thinking to myself, I heard them talking about this last week. So they're going to, they're talking about boosters and, and whatnot. And now I was kind of, I was interested. So the booster didn't get approved. It got approved for, I think it was anybody over 65, I believe, but it's not really approved for, for the younger adults. So I got to thinking, so if it's not approved for the booster shots, not approved, why, why would kids need it? If, if it's not really affecting them, then I, I wanted to know some facts. So I, so I found some stuff for you guys for elementary school kids, age kids, that is Pfizer has tested a much lower dose, a third amount of that's with each shot that's given yet after the second dose children ages five to 11 developed coronavirus fighting antibody levels, just as strong as teenagers and young adults. So if you guys want your kid to get a vaccine, you guys are going to be able to, which I'm not against it. I'm not saying anything bad about it. It is what it is. Do what you want to do. While kids are a lower risk for severe illness and death than older people, more than 5 million children in the U.S. have been tested positive for COVID-19 since the pandemic began, and at least 460 divide. So if 460 had died, that's a terrible amount of kids that have died. But I wanted to know, how many kids are in the U.S.? There's 73 million kids. How many of these kids are actually asymptomatic? They don't know. So if there's 5 million cases, imagine there's two times that are symptomatic. So now you have 10 million 10 million cases. So it brings that death rate down even more. So what if there's three times, what if there's four times the amount? What if there's 20 million kids in America that are asymptomatic or didn't even like, you know what I mean? They didn't even show a sign, but had it. No one knows that. So I just, I just was like, Oh, let's do some numbers real quick. So there's 73 million kids in America and there's 460 that have died. Yes. It's very terrible that they have died, but I'm just trying to point out some facts when it comes to how many died from like the normal flu in 2019, that season, there was almost 200 kids died from the normal flu. So there was 188 died from just the regular flu. It is an increase from the regular flu, but it's not like a, such a significant increase because we don't know how many kids are asymptomatic. 
at the same time. You know, you know what I'm saying? Because Delta itself, the COVID itself, is so it spreads so easily and so so rapidly. Like, what if half the kids in America have already been have been affected? We don't know. If that's the case, then you're looking at a a number that is significantly lower than the actual seasonal flu. Correct at that point when it comes to death rate and ratios. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of some some ways to to think about why kids would actually need it if we don't even actually know how many have already had COVID if it's asymptomatic. Because I know one guy, so this is such so weird. I know one guy who was asymptomatic at the beginning of the year and then caught it again and then he had it pretty bad. And then I also know that I had it at the beginning of the year. I did, I had it. I couldn't taste or smell nothing. That was it. I had like a mild fever for about 13 seconds. That's what it was. Then I went and got the shots. I got the Moderna ones, I believe. Got two. First one made me like a little bit kind of sick. Not really, just my body aches. And then the second one did absolutely nothing. I was around those same individuals and I had the I had the vaccine and I've also had it. And all those guys that I was with, they all got COVID really bad. I don't know. Oh man, talking about this at times just makes me like, like when I was reading this, I was like, oh my God, I was trying to do these numbers and it just, it is kind of wild that no one really knows. And I think it's just going to be something you're going to have to live with because if, if the normal flu is killing almost 200 kids a year and COVID over a year and a half has killed 460, those numbers are almost, almost the same, you know, over the same time period. You have one year and like a year and a half. And you know what's even crazier? It's nothing like smallpox and those kind of diseases. It's not nearly as deadly as those, but I do believe it's going to be something, something you're going to have to live with. But that's also another reason why I like to, I, I, I'm not against vaccines. I'm, that's why I want you guys to realize I'm not trying to spread some vaccine information on why you shouldn't get it. I'm just trying to point out some stuff because smallpox did kill over 300 million people in, in, not in America, excuse me, in the world. But I think it was the late seventies. They came up with a vaccine and then it pretty much smallpox is really non, non-existent. But what I just, I'm just trying to throw some numbers out there. I'm not really against it. It's just, I have no idea. Just like everybody else. They claim to be a doctor. That's what that's what people always say into the comments. They're like, well, you're not, not a doctor. Why are you talking about it? And there's a lot of people that aren't doctors that are talking about it. Literally the entire world talks about this shit. So, ooh, I cursed. My first curse. You hear that? Jeez Louise. Trying to make it a little more family friendly so you can ride in your car, listen to it without the kids having to hear it. You know what? I forgot there was another piece of that entire thing. Because I was looking at the, the numbers and the stats, and I was like, all right, so there's a huge rise in cases. There really is. I, was, I wrote it down right here. There's a seven-day total, seven-day running total is 150,000 COVID cases a day. And I was like, okay, so it actually represents right now the total of kids that are getting is 30%, which is roughly 45,000 to 50,000 kids are getting it. If everybody's so worried about the spike in COVID cases, but then 30% of those spike is in kids who aren't actually really affected by it, then is it the media just playing up the COVID spike? At the same time, because if you think about it, if 30% of the people that are that are getting COVID right now are kids and they're not really being affected by it when whatsoever, like it's like 0.008% are actually dying or 0.08 are actually like having issues, then the actual COVID spike that's going on and the media screaming about it is that it's not really that big of, as big as the deal they're making it. So I don't know. That was one of the, the things that's, that stemmed me to go and start looking into it. So, all right, all right, all right, here we go. Final one of the day. So this one's uh, going to affect a lot of you, a lot of you people that, that may not th- that think it does. So when I was first reading through it, I was like, oh, it's only going to affect people that make like roughly 450,000 a year, 400 grand. That's, that's not a huge amount of the population it might affect some of you guys. So Democrats proposed tax hikes could eventually hit middle-class Americans. Now this is very interesting. So all the people, do we have the clip of Biden talking about 
tax hikes. Biden administration will raise your taxes. Will you raise taxes? I will raise taxes for anybody making over $400,000. So no new taxes, $400,000 No new down. taxes. There would be no need for any. So Democrats proposed a tax hike that could eventually hit middle-class Americans. So this is, this is going to be a very, very interesting topic for some of you guys and gals who voted for him because you weren't going to get hit by taxes, and yet they were going to tax the, the, the upper to middle class. The, the people that are making over 400 grand. You're like, ah, that's not, that's not me. I don't have to worry about it. The proposal would roll back key parts of the Republicans' 2017 law that including restoring the top individual income rate to 39.6%. The new rate would apply to single individuals with a taxable income of more than 400,000. Now, I know that's not a lot of y'all. That's not a lot of people in America. That's, that's, a, that's a good, good chunk of change to make in a year. It would also apply to married individuals who file jointly and their income tops out at 450 grand. So, I mean, that 450 grand, there's probably more married people that make that than a, than a single person that makes 400k. Okay, so the plan also includes a third, 3% surcharge on income exceeding 5 million and keeps in place a 3.8% net investment income tax. Okay, so a lot of you guys, that doesn't, that doesn't pertain to really many people. 5 million bucks, 3% surcharge. In, in my eyes, I don't think you should be taxing the wealthy people more than you should be taxing. I think everybody should be taxed the same. I really do. Why should you tax somebody that has worked really hard and has built something? Why should you actually penalize them more? That's, that's the way I've always thought about it. So by 2027, here you go. This is, this was a, a, an analysis that came out by a nonpartisan joint committee on taxation. So this, this is the important part for everybody because this is going to hit most of America pretty good right in the nether regions. So by 2027, the average tax rate for individuals earning between 50 and 75,000 would climb about 1%, the analyst shows. That rate would be slightly higher for individuals earning between 75 and 100. It would rise 1.3. The tax rate would increase 1.5% for those making between 100 and 200 and would see a 1.5% increase. Average rate would also be higher for those in the income brackets through 2031. So it's going to increase again by 2031. Still, the increase seemingly, seemingly is contradicts Biden's campaign promise that no one earning less than 400 grand would pay higher taxes if we're elected. I don't know if I could find the video fast enough for you guys, but he did go on to say this. This is literally what Biden said during his campaign. Anybody making more than 400,000 will see a small to significant tax increase. If you make less than 400,000, you won't see a single penny in additional federal tax. So I'm just putting this out there. If you guys voted for Biden because he wasn't, he promised to not increase your taxes, well, he's going to. He's increasing them and he's doing this. This is, this is wild to me because the gentleman literally has not done anything in when he, when he's been in the white house, other than contradict exactly what he was saying when he was trying to get his presidential campaign going, doesn't not going to raise the taxes on the lower to middle class. He's only going to raise taxes on the wealthy. Cause that's exactly what the democratic party wants to hear. You know, what? we're going to fix the border crisis, literally the border crisis is at the worst it's all the time it's ever been. We're going to fix gun violence. What has he done? Gun violence is at the whole, all time it's ever been. So let, I mean, like what, except for maybe in the nineties, but what, 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 what am I trying to say here is, is the fact that literally everything he said has literally been false and or lies. I mean, talk about Afghanistan botched from hell and back it really was the airstrike botched, killed civilians, an aid worker, can anybody tell me one thing that the guy's actually done? And I guess that's why his, his approval rating is actually dumped off the a cliff. But all right, so there you go. If you didn't think you're going to get taxed. You're going to get taxed. That's that's how I wanted to end this. I want to end this end this little one. There's what's going on. There's your weekend roundup. There's your 
There's your daily podcast from, from myself, Robert Turkla, over here at Speak the Truth. Hope you guys enjoy your day. Hope you have a fantastic week. And uh, other than that, I do love you guys, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>